space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon. And we're here this week to talk about the finale of Lower Decks Season 4, Old Friends New Planets, and the TNG episode, The Wounded, which... Yeah, we, we, we found some links. We did find some links. There was a lot of really yeah. obvious links, but we've done them. <laughs> we've done them all, yeah. yeah that's and the and problem. Can I say, this one fits better than I even, like I was honest yesterday, and I was working on the tenuous link, which, you know, it was a little bit of uh, the Captain Goes Rogue in that, a bit like kind of um, almost in Paris, but Lucano, of course. Lucano uh, goes the way Lucano goes rogue. But then I was thinking, then I said, it's like, oh, or we could do one where, like, there's someone who guest appears who then becomes a regular. I was trying to think of one where someone had just been in one episode, and then Jim correctly pointed out, it's like, well, uh, Mark, uh, um, Almato? Alemo. Alemo. Almain, yeah, that guy. Mark, as as he insists I call him, uh, basically plays Proto Ducat in this, and it's like, even though he also plays Mark Twain and some other characters, this has to be the antecedents of the character he went on to play. So it's kind of so. There's a couple of kind of actually not not too bad. Yeah, it's a bit we, more obvious yeah. than you'd think at the first uh, mention. We worked backwards from the end point, but we got yeah. there, <laughs> so it's fine. It's like, fine. Yeah, it I mean, my subconscious like, knew the other link. Like the obvious choice was at the Wharf of Cab, but we've done the movies. We have. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was a few. I mean, obviously, Lower Decks. There's the last week we literally did the uh, the, the one Volcano well, episode. Well, that's it. We've done Lower Decks and we've done the first duty, so you can't tie into them. I mean, we've it, done the Binary episode. We've I done... mean, of course, of course, we couldn't wait after the first episode with Locano back to do the Locano episode. Well, but I mean, if anything, this this episode will work even better for it. But it on, we weren't going to sit uh, on that. We, we were not to know. And also now, having watched it in advance, which hopefully everyone who watches this does, it kind of sets you up for this part two, which literally goes into the events preceding that episode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's start there then, because, yeah, that's great. We oh. we get an immediate flashback, and we get to meet Josh. Poor old Josh. Yeah. Oh, God, this... Little did he know that he didn't have long for this world at that point, <laughs> but we finally get to meet him. I could have kicked myself because I literally thought last week, this is how much of a dumbass I am. It's like, oh, shame we never got to see Mariner with that, you know, those people. I literally thought that. Not thinking it's a fucking cartoon. It's the easiest thing in the world to do a flashback yeah. to that and make it look great. Just, I'm a dumbass. And and I loved um, uh, Will Wheaton's young Wesley Crusher voice. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, he, he, it sounded like a mix of, between Wesley Crusher uh, everyone's impression of Wesley Crusher and uh, the young guy from The Simpsons. You know, the guy who's always the apprentice in something. Yeah, in yeah. Perfect. Just yeah, and it was it was good because it was that. It you could believe it was Wesley, but it was Wesley dialed up a little bit with the benefit of the fact that it's in a cartoon and it's playing it for laughs, and so you get Wesley going, oh, I'm not so sure about this Starburst thing. You know, and it's yeah. the leaning into the, the cheesiness of it a little bit. But, yeah, I thought it was great. 
And like you said, it was great to see Mariner actually mingling with... And Mariner's the cadet while she was all, all hopeful and wanted to really progress through Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's lovely because she was like, it was the personality of Boinler, but with the mannerisms. Yeah. Of, they still had the, the classic Mariner mannerisms. They didn't completely change her character, which I yeah. I thought worked really well because a lot of the time they would have made her more nervous and everything. But I love the fact that she's still bubbly. She's just with enthusiasm as opposed to snark. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked what they did with um, with Sito that you have the other characters going, oh, here's your third wheel, Sita. Oh, here's she. And they're very dismissive of Mariner. And then they could have easily lent into having Sita be, oh, no, she's a pain in the ass, and Sita just humouring her. But Sita genuinely likes Mariner. And I thought that that was just a nice touch. They didn't have to do that. It had been yeah. so easy to go the other way and the joke be everyone hates her. But it gave more. It made it more, seem more poignant how yeah. Mariner had felt about Sato dying. Exactly. And, and also, it sort of chimes with when we see Sato in her last uh, chronological event, which she's in, when, when, yeah. when she dies. I just thought it was really nice. And it's also, you sort of imagined it, but you never saw these people with any hope or joy in their lives. It was all about like, you know, or well, Sito a little bit because you see it with a new group of friends. Yeah. But first them, it was all bleak. They were all kind of like, um, it was just so sullen because of what had happened. Whereas yeah. so it's nice to see what they were like, you know, and it's like, oh, one day Locano was just a guy who's hanging out with his friends. He was an egomaniac, but it's like, so were- well, even points out to officers. him that people remember you. Yeah, and it was just so nice. It just it's, it it adds even more texture to that episode. Yeah, um, yeah. It'd be interesting to watch these back to back, and that you know, watch the two part this two parts, and then go back to first duty. Yes, it would. Um, and even though we're getting this nice sort of cutesy scene, um, th- there's a great little bit of sort of a play on language where they talk about Xeno history. And Mariner says, oh, that's going to be the history of the Zindi. I can't wait to study them. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's just just a nice little throwaway joke. Yeah. And I only picked up on it the second time because oh, the I loved it. dialogue's says, that quick. Am I going to like them? I bet I'm going to like them. <laughs> yeah. Cut and also, and it's, nice through the earth. it's one of them that, from a, a meta sort of perspective, blags your head a little bit because... If this scene had been filmed in real life before the first duty, the Zindi hadn't been invented yet. Well, I was more thinking, it's like, she's going, well, I like them. It's like, sorry, you didn't hear about the species which cut a knife through. Ah, uh, yeah, but they end, the up, earth. They end yeah. up being friends, don't they? That's yeah. what no, no, Daniel's like, predicted. I'm saying, uh, though, I still think, like, about, like, what, 20 years? Sorry, this is about, uh, no, sorry, 80, 100 years, whatever. We'll say 100 no, this years. this is about 200 years. This is about 208. This is about 270. Yeah. Sorry. It's the yeah, difference between about, the original series. There's yeah. about 100 years between Enterprise and the original series. Is there? Oh, I didn't yeah, know that and, was that large. And then there's about another 80 years. Yeah, I know, because okay. it's, it's always 75 for next generation. Yeah. yeah. So I, what I was going on in... So long. Who were the baddies in the real world in 1823? So James it'd be like me on the Spaniards. 
probably it'd be, it'd, there's no reason for that. It, it'd be it's like an American. Well, to be fair, it's probably the French at that period. <laughs> yeah, or, or us. The British. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it'd but, be like an American saying, "Oh, the British! I can't wait to learn yeah. all about them." But that's right. Do we all? I don't remember who we were at war with two hundred years ago. Yeah, mind you. Yeah, like like Jim Jim indicates there, it was pretty much us waging war or just basically conquering other <laughs> yeah, countries. Yeah, pr- pr- pretty much yeah. everyone. Probably, Although, I think you're probably yeah, on a safe bet with the French. So you know, m- most countries can can you know have a genuine claim. America has actually got the weakest claim because they always say it that they were, or it's always taught they were fleeing uh, persecution. They were actually going there because they wanted to persecute people who didn't follow their religion. Well, so the people exactly. Who left, yeah. And then there was a bit of shit over tea, which might have been partly our fault. But so if, it, that, if anyone who's listening wants to Google who were we at war with in 1823, we will nail this reference finally. <laughs> and it'll be just a, like a list keeps on scrolling down. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? I'm, yeah, sorry, this is this is going wildly off topic. I'm sure there was a thing in QI, and it's something like Cornwall is still technically at war with Germany or something. There's there's uh, a really weird. It was um, Beric was at war with Russia for that's it. Oh, for about 150 years or something stupid yeah. like that. Because when we went to war with them, it was because Beric's on the border. It was like England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and Beric on Tweed. And when yeah. the peace treaty was signed, it was just England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Yeah. So very, very theoretically, we're still at war. And yeah. what, you're, what you're thinking of, Jim, is the time when a German went to uh, Cornwall and goes, these pasties, very overrated. They've never been on good terms since. No, that's it. They're just not grateful of pasties, aren't the Germans? You don't insult anyway. the pasties. No, you German. do not. If if Benedict's listening, Benedict's not German, but he speaks German. So let let us know how the Germans feel about pasties, Benedict, if you're listening. Oh, oh um, although just mind your language when you do. Just saying. Yeah. Um, so back to the present then, and we've got Mariner confronting Lacano. <laughs> And he's got his little logo for his independent fleet, and it's the Covalt Starburst. Yeah. <laughs> it's the formation of the ships, which I just thought was a really nice little touch. And isn't it and, great? Because, like, I mean, till now, I'd never really... like. I, I knew they'd been showing us the explosions from the point of view of the lower decks, but it didn't necessarily feel to me anyway that it necessarily had to be something about lower decks. So to have that be the focal point mm. is just genius. Like, I never saw that particularly coming. The only one where we got more of it was the Ferengi one, yeah. because we found out that there was a, a traitor there, but yeah. now it's sort of... But that's sort of, mate, it, that's sort of like just typical Ferengi. But, yeah. And the one with the Ferengi, we were made to look as if it looked like it'd been double-crossed. Yes, yeah, which exactly. is a Yeah, yeah, you it, don't think it's a lower decks thing, you think it's a Ferengi yeah. thing. And it, yeah. it's not a retcon, it's just that we weren't given all the information that there was betrayal. I mean, there was a bit about betrayal yeah. with the Romulans, but that's the Romulans. So yeah. Exactly. They used the traits <clears> which we know against us, so we wouldn't suspect it was exactly. a lower decks connection. And Lucano is very much this sort of archetypal character that you get where it's a jock in high school who can't let it go like in that episode of friends where monica dates the old jock from high school and it turns out that he's not changed at all he still hangs out with all the same lads and he's got the same motorbike 
and he just acts exactly the same. He still wears his varsity jacket, and I feel like Lucano is that, like he was part of Nova Squadron, and now he wants a Nova fleet. Yeah, you know, he's, he's not grown up in that respect. I mean, it's a good point, but I don't think everyone's anyone's seen that episode of Friends. Now, Jerry O'Connell in Can't Hardly Wait. Now, that's what you think. Ah, uh, much more yeah. famous, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah much better. No. He's the American football. No, I don't even know why I'm trying to explain it. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Deep cuts, Jerry O'Connell for you there. Well, and yeah, and but, good, good link because, yeah, yes. Jerry O'Connell. Um, no, no, so it was, he's the American football player. He's at this party, and like this guy's goes like, "What are you of the legend?" He goes, "That was great until I then left school, and just no one, no one gave a shit anymore." Yeah, <laughs> like he'd been the big yeah. I am at school. Yeah, it was nice. And, and you've got the younger version of him there at the party. Oh, Facebook user says the Burmese War. But with a question mark, that's all. With a question mark, so sure. we, we may have been at war with Burma. Does it? Um, Burmese. We did I mean, that with Burma, but that, but the, the, it doesn't matter because they're all dead. Sylvester Stallone killed every single one of them in Rambo Four. <laughs> there was no one left in that country by the end of that. Where he's just on thing, it's about twenty minutes. I mean, just on Gatling gun. Well, just prior to that, they had a little war with Birmingham. It was the Brummies versus the Burnies. Ah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd have been a good one. That would explain why Burma got really rough if anyway um no we love birmingham we love it <laughs> yeah, we we, we we like attending events in birmingham dope banners from the nec <laughs> or the attached hilton please and, and we didn't say it that's all i'm saying it was jim it was all jim it wasn't me it, it was yeah it was you definitely definitely that's exactly the kind of linguistic joke i would make um anyway so Lacano's really happy that Mariner's here, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're going to join the team." I've, I've saved you from. I've saved you from everyone. I didn't need saving, but everyone would be really pleased when an admiral starters joined us. I haven't yeah. joined you. <laughs> I'm going to say it's it's not like she even leads him on to think that no, she's joined it, it, him. It's, it's just it, all in his head completely. Said he's, and it's not like like. But I've read your uh, files. You, you hate authority. Yeah, that doesn't mean... It's yeah, but I love what Starfleet stands for. <laughs> and yeah, that's nice. that's the the sort of... I've lost the word that I'm looking... The coalescence of um, Mariner's Ark this season. So yeah. it very nicely plays in. And bringing back Lacano is a good character to hold a mirror up to what Mariner's been through. And the other cool thing I think about using Lacano here, sorry, I will let you speak in a second, That's mate. Cool. I'm I'm just Good on one. Um, but the the cool thing about using Lacano is that we know what character arc they really wanted for Lacano. They wanted him to be Tom Paris and become redeemed and become a good guy. And the fact that now, because that didn't happen, because as we explained last week, why they changed the name, blah de blah. Uh, Go hit up last week's episode. <laughs> Give us the views. Um, because of that, the Lower Decks writers can go, 
right, well, we don't need to do a redemptive arc for Lacano. Let, let's just absolutely lean into it and just make him a complete yeah. asshole and follow that through. And I think that's great. That's It's a unique yeah, well, opportunity to do something like that. So, and we'll yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was very passionate about this particular point in parallel. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lacano, that asshole. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I, I speak dog. I do like, though, uh, when he's still, he's split, he really has convinced himself Mariner is joining to the fact that he puts oh. on broadcaster everywhere in the galaxy. Yeah. This is joining me. It's just so, it's a madman. It's a nutman. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. also plays into your point, Because uh, <laughs> what you were saying, Jim, was that it's like, yeah, he, he's never got past being like he was once seen as special and now he's not. Like he's just anyone else. And it, that plays into it. It's like, yeah, he just knows. He's read the file. He knows what she's going to do. So the yeah. second that she doesn't do exactly what he expects, it's like, but this can't be. I I, I read the file. Which and he still thinks thing. that offering someone membership of Nova Squad <laughs> Nova is Fleet. Nova Fleet now. Yeah, yeah. It's the greatest thing you can possibly bestow upon anyone. It's like... Yeah, I mean, I know we don't have them uh, in the UK, but it's kind of like these fraternities that you get, like, oh, join my beta, 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 or whatever well, it is, and it's like, oh, a secret club. To be fair, um, half of the British government actually were in a secret well, club. <laughs> yes, but that's um, we we really don't have time to get onto that at the moment. Yeah, and plus we might get into a piggle <laughs> about it if we, we go around. Yeah, and I mean, all, all we have to say on that is that obviously we agree that tents should be completely but, banned because they are the cause of homelessness. And any club that and you have to put bikes. parts of your body inside a dead animal to join, you should not join. <laughs> no, yeah. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> you don't go the whole hog in that way. <laughs> no. no. Uh, can I mean uh, just, just anybody who watches um, what's that mirror? Um, Black Mirror, the Black first Mirror. episode watches, of Black Mirror. The first episode actually, of Black Mirror. Uh, we'll, we actually had a prime minister who that was modelled off. <laughs> and just by the by, it's the first episode of the second season. But when they put it on Netflix to get the Americans in because it was new to them at the time, they yeah. put the second series first because it had the. Pig no, episode, it wasn't. It was the first episode of the first season. No, it wasn't. No, I'd watched it. It was. Before. I well, it was not. It was the very first one. No, I it will, wasn't because I watched I will the season. Die when die on this hill. I remember it going onto the news. Oh, you. Just... Yeah, right. You can look it up. We'll carry I'm on talking about. Google's out. This is no, serious. Imdaba. I've got Imdaba. I'm not messing. Right, quickly, quickly. Anyone, let's have a vote. We know there's four of you watching. Uh, who thinks I'm right? Uh, who think thinks that's Chris Reed's right? I think it was the very first episode. So I remember reading an article about it. It was like this brand new series starts with... Um, uh, it was that then, one, then it was where? 10 million credits, and then and it was then, that one shortly, with that. And then shortly after that came out... It broke that the British Prime Minister it does did. something very similar to join the club. Anyway, so Rutherford <laughs> yeah, notices no, no, straight no, away. Do we want the answer this first? Or? We've already given you the answer. Well, okay then. <laughs> All right. Okay. Rutherford I mean, I might have been about to admit that I was wrong, but fuck it. If I don't have to, even better idea. Thanks, man. You just cut me a solid. I must, it must have been that the news story came out a bit after. The news story it. came out after it because everyone, and they, they showed it again. Maybe after. Uh, that's, yeah. 
Because I remember, I just remember it coming out. I go like, that's so weird. And it might have just been that it came on Netflix so long after. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was almost that as if somebody sense. somebody knew something had happened. Almost, yeah. It was just a random repeat that Channel Four decided to do for no particular reason. They decided to rebroadcast the episode. Yeah. Anyway, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So, there you go. Rutherford straight away notices that Locarno looks exactly like Tom oh. Paris, but Boimler, but no one else can see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, well, Boimler can't, and it's like the it's the first time Boimler just is so casual and so like he rarely gets the really funny line, but it's like I'm just not seeing it, and he just he yeah. sounds so confident yeah. right from the beginning of this episode, which but is to really be fair, nice. And, and, and Boimler should know because we do know that Boimler is a huge Tom Paris fan. Exactly. Ah, but that's why he can't see it because he's such a hero of his. That's right. what makes it funnier, the fact that Boimler of all people <laughs> should pick up on this, but doesn't. Oh, there's a point to make another joke as well. He does that and then he goes, Yeah, seriously, I can't see it. And then there's something else. Yeah, he says something like they're not, they don't even look anything like each other. Or no, no, but like there's that. two of those. And then there's something else someone says on the view screen. And he goes, Oh, that's kind of ironic. He's like, he starts doing a bit of stand up almost in the, on the front. Oh, yeah. It's, um, oh, uh, he says about the Maquis. Cause, um, oh, yeah, yeah, because he goes, like, the it's the most powerful spot. like, hello, Marquis on line uh, one. And it was just yeah, like, I think the Marquis, yeah, mate, yeah. it's the first um, independent fleet. Yeah, the marquee might have something to say about that. Well, <laughs> usually not anymore. Could, there's so many TV shows which overplay sass to the point where I just don't care. Like every character's got to be sassy, and it's like Marvel gets accused of it and can do that in some episodes. I think sometimes it gets accused when it's not. But anyway, that's another story. There's a lot of um, shows where they just replace character with just being sassy mm-hmm. but Boyner does it so rarely to have him do it in the scene was just yeah. really sweet it's like it's it's like um protocol and like historical fact of what will start him off it's like you know because it's yeah. like well i think the marquee would like a word about that that's the one time when he gets sassy is when when it comes to accurate history and facts yeah yeah, Boimler is good fun in this episode, and he get he gets rewarded at the end, doesn't it he? Does Which we will reward. get. So, um, so Mariner fights back against Nick. Meanwhile, Captain Freeman makes the speech from Star Trek, which is, "I can't ask any of you to join me on this. I am about to disobey orders." I've got to say, having this in lower decks, particularly, like you know, we said a lot of times during this series, it really feels like it's uh, cut a new level. It's kind of gone into really doing that half-felt Star Trek, mm-hmm. like nailing that all across the board. And this moment, genuinely, when I first watched it, I, I teared up. I just felt that kind of like, it was that history of Star Trek doing yeah. this moment and having it for the first time in Lower Decks and it mattering so much to me. I like, when you'd shown me the first season of Lower Decks, I loved it, but it's like, I don't, I didn't, think it could do this to me you know it could really hit hit the heartstrings this hard so it just really shows how far it's come and yeah having like their reactions it's like it was like I, what was it that uh Shaq said something which was really funny and then you got like yeah fuck yeah from the cat doctor <laughs> yeah. whose name yeah. was again Shaq's uh, is just like he's shaking with excitement yeah. well, he, about says he says a line <laughs> He says a line which is kind of like it's um it reminded me of something anyway like uh, i should have written it down but anyway yeah it's just a really lovely scene and just have it also showed like that the lower decks of, of starfleet aren't so quickly turned yeah, else is. And it, yeah it's just lovely what a i do like though. how the vulcan how, 
Oh, what's she called? Our new Vulcan character. Celine. Yeah, yeah. Celine. And yeah. she's that. I believe that this is Cerrito Strong, and she's straight away in with the motto of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> and that a callback to Spock saying, "If I was yeah, human." human. <laughs> but that's the thing. I feel like um, I'm just going to be very quick on this point because I know I made it shit load of times. But this is why, like, I, I I think it fit her character really well with Spock. That's questionable. We back and forth on this, but with her, it's like they've already established that she was basically kicked off the uh, Vulcan ship mm-hmm. for being too human or to being too emotional. Too emotional. So when they play it, really, really fits her character well because that's been shown. But she can still do the logical thing and the emotional thing. Yeah, but she and it's she's from, only from young day one. Still. It's she's written into her character. Sorry, yeah. one second, mate. From day one, it's written into her character. So for me, it just. It really feels satisfying when she does it, and it kind of makes sense. So she she can straddle that line really well. Sorry, mate. What was yeah. I was just saying that she's only a kid still, though. She's only sixty years old, so she's going to be immature a lot. But well, I would True. also say though, in other Vulcans, they've always shown from from a young age they're taught to be very logical. Yeah, it's not like sixty, even twenty. Like they're shown how to be logical from day one. And so she is a, uh, not anomaly, but you know what I mean. She's a renegade. So, like, she's yeah. a rogue uh, uh, Vulcan. And it's just a, a lovely shade. Yeah, she's really good at that. And she plays it really well. So when she's doing the serious Vulcan bit, she does the serious Vulcan bit. But when she does loans like this, it's just, it's great. Yeah, she's been a really good addition to, like, the core characters, I think, this yeah. year. Um. Then we've got a few different kind of subplots going on. So... There's the they go to Tendy's sister, and this leads to trial, not trial by batter by combat. I like batter by combat. Yeah, batter like by combat was fun. Yeah. I would just have let me do that in my job. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you think that the um, it, it's sort of like, and again, it feels like another layer which they're covering this as well, is that I feel like the reason she got um, well, why she fell out with the the people at home in like their own syndicate was because she would use her brains. Like that was the way she would, mm, she'd yeah. probably, she'd probably very successful as a pirate, but always using her brains to do it and not using her fists. So yeah, she'd use the feathers of the doctor in this case. Yeah. And I, I bet she found a way of doing that with everything, which really pissed, pissed the other people yeah. off because she was getting really well, not playing their game. And you get the feeling that's why they're so mad at her. And that was just a really nice character trait, as well as being sexy as hell. I know you were saying, Jim, because obviously I would never sexualize a character like the sexy no, not tendy, at all. as as Jim would put it, the sexy tendy. Yeah, Jim's not at all. You need me. to wash all that green paint off your fingers. Um, so, the, yeah. I did say I was green-fingered. I didn't mean I was good at gardening. Mm. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> We're still going to get shut down one day. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, a restraining order from Noah Wells. Meanwhile, <laughs> Mariner, I enjoy the fact that she's got the Genesis device, or GD as she christens it, as her first officer, and she's talking to it. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. But the... In a nice ship that she stole with a steamrunner class. Yeah, and she does it by <laughs> using... A mum's command codes, which yeah. I thought was quite good fun. Did you, did you think there was a kind of like it was the brutish version of the NX Enterprise? The what it's, version? Like a brutish block like version. Yeah, yeah, well, it's one of it's one of the classes of ship that the uh, 
worked on to fight the Borg, isn't it? So it's it's the, one of the first contact ships, isn't it, from the yeah. battle? It just reminds uh, me but, a lot of the look. Of yeah, the, visually, uh, I can see what you mean. The way the the yeah, engineering sections linked to the nacelles, and yeah, it's blocky. Um, and she has this sort of altercation with the Ferengi. And she quotes rules of acquisition at them. Now, I looked this up. I did suspect it, but I had to look it up to be sure. The Ferengi quotes rule of acquisition number 289, shoot first, count profits later. Yeah. Now, the last time we dealt with the rules of acquisition, there were only 285 of them. Right. So either there are new rules of acquisition all this Ferengi's lying and making up a rule of acquisition to suit uh, his purposes. No, may, may I? I'm and sure theory, but... I would lean on that he's making it up because that we know that Rom is the Grand Nagus at this point and has been since we last saw them. So I don't think Rom would endorse that rule of acquisition. So I think Could this it, Ferengi's made it uh, up. When do we know the rule, the 285 from? <clears throat> From DS9. No, from what season? Um, oh, that's already... Oh, that's deep cut. I, I like don't know the last time they officially Co- give the number. Because I'm thinking... Because rules of acquisition and all that, when we got the rules originally, was quite early on. And by the time they're dealing in... The Ferengi have gone dealing in the Al- De- Gamma Quadrant, etc. Maybe. This could have been added as a rule shoot for count profit later. No, I've got two it things makes to add sense to this. when you've been into war situations. Yeah, I suppose so. I've got two things. could have added them during the war. Yeah. First of all, just for Elliot's point, there's even an episode of Next Generation where um, uh, Picard and Riker are talking, and Riker goes, Oh, at the moment, the Ferengi are in the middle of negotiations over the rules of acquisition, like a change to rules of acquisition. And he goes, mm-hmm. oh, and right, Picard goes, oh, they could be some time then. Ah. So that could be the exact rules they're talking about. But I've got an argument for this because the first one was really good. It was like, oh, the boss is only good as the his last profit statement or something like that. Yeah. Great rule of acquisition makes sense to Ferengi. I'm going to argue this does not sound like a rule of acquisition because even after war, profit, like count your profit after your shot, like profit comes second to warfare. What yeah. I'm going to say is this: I think that that rule of acquisition was an in joke. I think they're geeky uh, uh, Frengies who love the Marauder Mo um, cartoon series, like which they've got the action figures for. Which uh... and in that he jokes about a fictional rule where it's like shoot first, uh, like the rule, and he makes up a number above the the number. So he can make it up. So it's like shoot first, last question late. And it's kind of his jokey rule that isn't a rule. Maybe. That's my, Maybe. Yeah. That's my own like head cannon for you. I'll I'll go with it. Yeah. Because I always yeah. want them to revisit the um, Marauder class of ring. Because I always thought you could have the profit driven ones who would just profit through mm-hmm. whatever and the ones who profit through war. And it would have been so like they should really pick that up. It just seems. I so think right. there was such a disaster that they're quite happy not to revisit well, them. Yeah, but, but wouldn't it give another flavour to the Ferengi society? So you've got one, yeah, class, would. which is like it the middle class or the you know, yeah, it would. It's a system, definitely. Yeah, which makes sense. And like, the, or the ones who just like you choose your path. You choose like the uh, yeah profit through and, any means, or you do it through what. 
yeah. have like an absolute badass Ferengi, like totally reclaim them, like have a really fierce Ferengi warrior with his electro whip and everything. Like the yeah. there was a Star Wars <laughs> novel where um they had an Ewok bounty hunter. Like, you know, something like that. That'd be fun. I mean, because um, there was the episode where they had the magnificent Ferengi. I always thought the one which was the yeah uh, badass fighter. He should have been a marauder. Like, he should have been, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. So they get a broken down ship from the Orions on the condition that Tendi will go back home, and this leads us sort of into the like the final confrontation. We do get a quick revisit of the Mark Twain gag from earlier on in the oh, season, which I was nice. I love this. This is my. It's, 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 it's honestly something that's going to keep coming back again and again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like it was set up in this series, but like, I don't know. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for it. I just loved yeah. that. Also, that it was the Vulcan. Again, she showed that she's learnt from being on the Cerritos mm-hmm. by by being the one who suggested this. And it's like, yeah, sometimes the most logical result can come out of the most illogical setups or whatever yeah. she says it's just it's yeah it's delightful and it's just so quietly says something so loud about her character as well and how much it's grown since she's been on there and it does as we said very much become wrath of khan once it comes down to mariner and uh Locano <laughs> chasing each other through this nebula um, but we still we get some great additional stuff like Boimler gets made the acting captain when they punch through the shield and he gets another one of them little asides where he says, Oh, you hardly ever see anyone using the captain's yacht, which yeah. Yeah, it's a nice intro. Yeah, to Trek I'm, Law, like it's, it's always only, been there in the schematics. But... It's only in um an insurrection, isn't it? That's the only insurrection we yeah. see one, yeah. Yeah, it's the only time as far as I can yeah. think. Uh, yeah, we should have seen the um, aerial wing in Voyager. There was test footage mm-hmm. done for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a, ni- it's a nice little... reason they never went with it and then built the Delta Flyer. It's like you had a fucking shuttle there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you wouldn't have got Paris creating it. I know. I know you wouldn't. But... And then rebuilding it again and again. And again and again. Um... And again. And we do get a really good, like, hero moment from Mariner that uh, she stands there and she's willing to yeah. put a life on the line there to stop Lacano getting to the Genesis well, device. Well, she sets the Genesis device going. She goes, this can't yeah. carry on. I'm, gonna, I'm blowing it up. This Sorry, is it. GD. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's she apologises to him. Like, it's just, like, yeah. It's Great. good to see her like out and out heroic. Like we we've always known she's a good character and a strong character, but yeah. But this is not like when she first sets the device to blow up. It didn't even with Lacano there. No, that's she's, it. She's just doing this heroically on her own. It, this is, like normally when she does something heroic or that. Mm. There's an audience. She's got an audience. Somebody yeah. is there with her watching. Yeah, her. you're right. But this is her actually. No, this needs doing. This is the right thing to do, and she's mm-hmm. doing the right thing. Uh, and it, are we ready to go on to Locarno's death? Um. Well, yeah, we're more or less there, aren't we? Yeah. We, we, we I, do I have uh, we do have the uh, the Trinas shield from um, Encounter at Farpoint. Oh yeah, it does. The, I don't know how the back the Binars obviously need three of them to be able to uh, mimic Q technology. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 oh. Also. 
was Q using Binance? Binance technology, maybe. And I love the thing. It's like, oh, trying to, oh, like the Binance payment. But they they were too shorty. Not three, and it was that a really make any sense. <laughs> it was such a lovely layered joke as well. And and that was what I was going to say about um, Lucano's death. It's it's so well layered in that you've got a portable Genesis device ready set up for this. You've got the fact that the Ferengi designed it, so it's got a paywall. Yes, of course it does because it's got the Ferengis. It's just lovely and set up. And also, if you think about it, right, this planet gets formed um, from him blowing up the ship, yeah, mm-hmm, and it yeah. gets terraformed based on that. Now, when Spock pulls some shit with a Genesis device, all I'm saying is he got reborn on the planet. Ah, uh, no, yep. but Spock was Wait, whoa, 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 don't, don't say it, don't say it, whoa, whoa, because I'm, sorry, I'm just going to say, finish my thought before you say it, because the other thing I did think of is Spock downloaded his brain, if that's what you're going to say. No. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right. Well, all I was going to say was, like, Spock, like, uh, downloaded his brain into uh, McCoy, but we did have a, a, a Vulcan there, is all I'm saying. Like, we could have had a, a cut, like, a cut no. scene later we had. The, the reason we got um, Spock come back is Spock was fired in a missile after the Genesis yes. planet had been formed. Yeah. It, and it was still forming, so he's caught in the Matrix. That's why it brought him back yeah. to life. Lucano was blown up with the bloody thing. But I'm just going to say, (laughs) but if the gen, it depends on how the Genesis device works, which is basically open to the writers adding whatever. So it's like if you blow up his DNA into the heart of it. That's it. It does say that his DNA is part of the planet now. So maybe yeah. we'll get a planet that forms the Nova Squadron of planets. That's later what on. You could have like you could either have a Lacano or just a planet of Lacanos. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was surprised there wasn't a post-credit scene this episode with some sort of nod to the search for Spock. But basically, you'd have a Rimmerworld version of uh, of Star Trek with Locarno. Yeah, and so Robert Duncan McNeil will become the actor who's played the most different characters if he's an entire planet of Locarnos. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you see, I've got it. I've got it. And when the Genesis goes off. I don't know if I'm making this up. I don't think I am. I feel like they changed the animation into a map painting to match the map painting that they use in the Wrath of Khan. I think if, they did. If you look at it, the animation becomes much more static for a few yeah. scenes ah. where it shows the formation and it looks exactly like I presume it was a map painting they used in Wrath of Khan. And it's just a lovely, lovely visual touch again. So. Well, like if you was... if you look, usually in the star fields, the stars are twinkling, but they're not in this particular bit where it's showing like the rings forming yeah. round it. Just look at that and look at the it if it was filmed on film, I would say look at the the film stock, but I know it's not film stock because it's animated and it's digital, but you know what I mean. Just have a look at it. It looks not just visually, what? but it, it looks aesthetically for want of a better description like the sequence from wrath of khan well one thing i was gonna like i already noticed in this episode which your point kind of like um makes me think of is the fact that even though right from the day one their uh work on the ship like the Cerritos, just looks so great it just it um it looks like if you popped it into and like especially mm. now a few series in if you popped it into a live action show you could sort of like get away like it looks that detailed oh, yeah. that yeah. you can get away with it and i feel like almost it's like not in a bad way but it's like you can see the sort of difference in the 
it's almost like real quality to the ships. Then you cut to the guys on the inside who are still these kind of like larger than life cartoons, uh, like animations. And it's yeah. kind of like, it's a weird and wonderful kind of mix of well, styles because the outside I, looks so far I, so real. I wonder, if, I wonder if it's been a conscious thing with the development of how the show shapes in lower decks. It's sort of like a fingers up to discovery how the ships have always looked crap. That they're gonna that they're going, you've got all this money for you to make it look amazing for discovery. We have not had a decent ship shot, I don't think, in discovery. Well you've got no, in, um, nothing we have. I was gonna say it's like it, most ships now are generated on a computer. So the yeah. difference between a computer-generated ship for live action and one for animation, the, it's way within the line now. It, it is getting to the point where, yeah, as soon as Cerritos could just it, go it, into an episode, it, it, it not Discovery, but any other Star Trek show, and not look out of place. But that's the thing, yeah, and as you say, why can't Discovery do this? <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Why can't they do any detail? It, it's almost like they've got the detail, but then they turn the lights down so you can't I, see yeah, it. Yeah, there are a lot of... I, I there were a lot why, of but... dubious production design choices made way back at the beginning of Discovery. We're not going to at... have round nacelles. We're going to have bizarre Klingons. We're, you know, just very yeah. odd decisions early That's on. That's the thing. I, I feel like they've uh, so spent so much money on, like, the failed experiment with the Klingons is probably a good example. Like, the design work, like, the amount of money which probably went into that. Then, uh, and they had so many Klingons in those earlier series, especially the first one. You've got uh, other things where they've gone for these really huge plot lines, which are all about, they seem more about the spec spectacle than the plot sometimes even. yeah and they've spent their money doing that as opposed to making the ships look cool and just doing really good stories you know they, yeah. they're worried about the spectacle not the story like that last story i'm sorry but it just didn't really make that much sense to me you know uh, like one minute they can't possibly fathom language next minute they're talking fluently to them it just it's yeah. because they spent all their money just doing these um visuals other than the starships yeah they've got to know people who watch we that Probably care a little bit about the starships. Yeah, I've been seeing the focus, so I'm not going to have a go at season four. Yeah, join us <laughs> early 2024, and we'll talk about the final season yeah, of Discovery. Anyway, so this one ends. Talin decides to stay, but Tendi has it's to leave. And that's where we leave it. Now, now the, I honestly think, and it goes back to what, we, what you were saying earlier with Tendi, how she's probably used the science and all that to get out of and her brain to get out of situations before she's joined Starfleet. But I can see they're going to want rid of her because I can see her going back and really using her brain and trying to make it like Starfleet, going how good it is. But and they're it, not wanting the changes and wanting rid of her. <laughs> also, I'm wondering if she'll be so efficient at it that it'll be a threat to them. That she that's, can, what uh, I mean. she can be, well, that's what I mean. That she's going to be really efficient at but do what she how what she wants to do, change it to Federation oh. style and Starfleet style and But even things. without changing the rules, I feel like yeah. she could just change the way they do like she will do it in the most ethical way, but still achieve the ends they want and they yeah. won't like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm um, just not a fan of this trope at the end of seasons. Um, where you take one of the main characters and you remove them from the ensemble. Um, I, 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 yeah, happened, I just, happened, I just feel like it's overdone. Season now. Well, yeah, it's Boimler, 
Boimler, Saxon, um, Freeman, and now we've got Tandy. Yeah. So have we, have we not had it with Mariner? No. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, quite, that's quite funny, did, ironic. <laughs> did she leave or not? No, no, she, she left, but it was mid season. It wasn't, yeah. it and wasn't it was the a, end um, of the season. But it, we've had the end of, se- end of season. But yeah, it's just one of them. You see it in all sorts of TV shows over and over. And I'm, I'm absolutely sure they'll do a great story I'm, with them. I'm, I'm binging but, Supernatural, and Supernatural does it pretty much. Oh, well, every yeah, but that's usually and there's, only, and, there's, and there's only two of the main characters, really. Yeah, but yeah, one of them dies every se- every other season. It's, it's I pretty also, part of the cast, supernatural. I'd also throw in as well for me, right? They've had it as a a, a an running kind of like low uh, hum throughout the series of having having Mariner always kind of self sabotaging stuff. This season, they've gone for it full gusto. Every episode, mm-hmm. every episode, she gets talked right around, and then the beginning of the next episode, she's roguing up, roguing her up a good and again. Fine, but I think now because they played it so hard this season, we need that to be done. And like, also, you need how, to yeah, and also how the, how they ended it that she's discovered herself. Yeah, exactly. But if they reverse it now, I'd just be so. Yeah. Uh, we play that out. So. I've got quite good faith in uh, lower decks that the. I that have as well, do, yeah. Do, do good character development and stick with something. Yeah, I mean, look, me, me saying that they, I, I think they did slightly overplaying her, like I said last week, they've overplayed her resolving it and then having yeah. the same issue again next week. However, that is like, that's like, you know, oh God, this meal was perfect. This was just like, this just one small thing. Like I probably wouldn't have put the basil on top. But, you know, that's, that's as tiny a, yeah. a note as it is against such a great season. However, now, if they did it again next season, I might be more begrudged. No, that's it. We need to move on now. But I have faith in the writers that they're they're conscious of that and they will do. Exactly. And speaking of moving on, we are running long already. But you know what? We've said we're going to do the wounded. We are going to do the wounded. We are going to do the wounded. I I have a question going into this episode. For you all. Because, you know, I put all our YouTube, all these videos into playlists as well on YouTube. Yes. Do you think this qualifies as a Dominion War oh. episode? Go on. Because, what would be your... Because we've got the Cardassians arming. We have... Cardassians arming. Um, rearming. Just, uh, it, it's a precursor. Rearming. It's certainly a precursor to Deep Space Nine and to yeah. the, the stories we get in Deep Space Nine. I would argue it's too early before they join yeah. the Dominion. Yeah, I, I would really argue. If you, count it. Yeah, if you say this counts because it's a precursor to Deep Space Nine, it means every episode of Deep Space Nine, which I guess tangentially every episode is. Yeah, but if, if we're including but any we combatants, like- then we can say, well, hang on, we need to include all of Enterprise because it's about the birth of the Federation and the Federation are yeah, in the Dominion War. No, I know it's yeah, more yeah, obvious than that. that. I'm, no, I'm exaggerating for humor. The the Kardashians have had a war. And like in this one, we've got, they're being beaten by a, a nebula class. A nebula class is a Federation science vessel. <laughs> True. Um, so, so, we've, so we've got the rearming and, and that, and they've, they've developed a shield technology that the Federation can't scan through so they can be rebuilding weapons and stuff. 
So you've got to imagine, because by the time we get to DS9, the galore class is on the par with the Federation ship. Yeah, they're getting beaten by a science vessel. So I wonder if this is sort of like the start of the Cardassians sort of regrouping themselves, ready to... You know what? Start a new playlist called Dominion War with a question mark. (laughs) You'd have to add the Pegasus to that playlist because it's the first time the Federation used a cloaking device. And it's in fact a transcloak. No, no. That's the yeah, the, the Dominion War playlist can include just about anything. <laughs> yeah, every episode of uh, Star Trek, which does go in the main playlist. Yeah. But yeah, so, I, I love, I could I love the argument. Have a clue anyway. I, doubt, I doubt if you'd even look at the check. <laughs> Do we think the same thing happened here, though, with... Um... So you broke up there, Rina Cat. You broke up, I, I was, couldn't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. What I was saying was... Do you think that the same thing happened to Mark Almado's um, earlier version of Ducat to Ducat to cut out the writer's credit? Because, you know, I can think of no reason apart from the fact that, oh my God, he couldn't have shaved. <laughs> Why you have yeah, season. they've just gone, we like what you did there. We don't want to pay the writer of that episode. Here's a new goal for you to play. Like that, it was a glint even here, wasn't he? And I think this is like this wasn't like this was it. This episode was Ian's pitch, and this wasn't your original pitch. But I think you're probably hitting the nail on the head there. I thought this was the original pitch. No, your original pitch, right, for why we were doing this episode was because of the captain. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I thought you meant I I pitched no, 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 yeah, yeah, see what you mean. This, but this wasn't by the original pitch that was Mark Calumet. Alamo, but I think this is quite blatantly obvious. He's playing the same character as Descartes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And he changed his name, and it's very much the same as what's happened with yeah. Hey. I mean, again, the, the, this is a perfect episode for reasons I will ask backwards yeah. into. Yeah, that's completely <laughs> true. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, it's it is Guldacar, except he's got beauties. And he's got a great padded suit. He's got a great padded <laughs> suit. He's got well, a silly ass. It was like you ordered a Kardashian suit and wish. <laughs> or yeah. or Tino, whatever it's called now. It's like, it, it really just, yeah, it's such a cheap latex version. And the thing is, I thought the uh, makeup on the faces was so much more interesting. But like, the, the yeah, the beards and the weird helmet, which someone online yeah. the other day was, was defending, which... God bless you. Like, if you like something, you like it. I'm not. I'm not hating, but I'm like, really. I never thought I'd meet anyone who liked that. The Can't helmets are. You know how there's always that argument about um, how men's armor looks in fantasy and how women's armor looks <laughs> in fantasy. That's basically the women's fantasy armor version of a helmet for the Cardassians because that offers no. Unless someone's <laughs> clonking you exactly on the head where that ridge is, it made, that, that yeah. nothing. That yeah. does well, nothing well, for you. Actually, 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 now you say that, that makes perfect sense. Why do you have a helmet like that? Because they have huge bone ridges that will be protected from being hit, but well, nothing in the cool. middle. So right, the oh, there you go. So that's the, uh, yeah, yeah, so you're it, right. It, it actually covers where they haven't got massive bone protection. It's practical. 
that's exactly i did think of that at the time but it's like yeah i mean it just looks ridiculous but it's it, like it, does um, look stupid. it reminds me a bit of like actually what you're saying there Eddie, it reminds me of <coughs> during uh one of the wars in america they were um the planes which uh came back they were studying to see where it got hit to uh, develop that was second planes. world war and then someone actually said and someone said don't 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 say don't say the punch like come on don't don't steal it from me then for the, for the what what someone said was no what we need to do is recover some planes which went down because we need to see where they hit no that's wrong well that oh. was told by a historian what, what they would do you've almost got it right what they were doing was okay. they were looking at where they were getting hit yeah and they were saying that's where we should armor and yeah. they went no look at the planes that the all these planes have come back that have been hit here. All the others haven't come back, so we are where they haven't been. No, hit. it was definitely not that. The, <laughs> the story I had was again. It was it was told on Penn Sunday School. They was they uh, yeah, talked to a historian, the and they sorry. No, I no, feel like you both there was telling so the same story here, but yeah. somehow so arguing with down. each other. <laughs> There was some, some which went down in recoverable areas and they brought them back and they learned from those. No, no, Elliot's point is that they learned from ones which w- survived, like the, the better it, classes. It's the same thing that you're looking at, the, you're looking at what there was, the first thought was you look at where they're being hit and yeah. that's where you are and that's what they're off to do. And then it was yeah. pointed out, no, they've survived when they hit there. Yeah. What you do is you armor the other parts of the plane because they haven't come, the other planes haven't come yeah, back. Yeah, but apparently they recovered some. Oh, sorry, I do see what I mean. Yeah, so we are seeing the point. But yes. apparently they recovered some planes which were in recoverable areas. So they got into their airspace yeah. in an area they could get them, apparently. So there we go. Um, yeah, I, I just thought, I mean, I, I do see why they later, though, back to my original point, I see why they later on made them more visually appealing when you can see these characters week in week out so yeah like, why you make them look a bit more pretty basically because it would be a lot to look at that every and week don't put, but... and don't put stupid hats on them <laughs> yeah oh no i won't even make a point about that but the makeup just the makeup seeing the detail it was a wonderful makeup job whoever whoever did and... probably michael westmore uh the job they did on that makeup just looked beautiful but i understand why it isn't practical for a week in week out and yeah this is only um a year before the S9 started. Yeah. And, and six, more of it's in, in fact, six months. So, this the, is I mean, the concept so... is there. The concept yeah. solid. Yeah, they the just basic design is solid. Details. It just got refined. They yeah. just basically lost a bit of detail on the, because you could almost see veins and stuff like that and cracks yeah. in the face. To be fair, I'm just, I just thought of something there because I realized the time difference is only six months. It now makes sense to. A nebula class was blowing up warships, and it makes sense now. Does the first episode that um, they were worried because a runabout could tell them about? <laughs> yeah, true. And it makes sense now. <laughs> You're right. Um, so yeah, the basic gist of the plot then is we've got a captain who appears to have gone off on his own little crusade attacking the Cardassians. And it brings up all this stuff, like we find out O'Brien served with him, so it's the first time we bring in this idea that O'Brien has uh, fought against the Cardassians. And the way it's presented here, it, 
it is quite interesting because that becomes quite a defining characteristic of O'Brien in Deep Space and, Nine. And when you, and when you realise, when you think about it, this is only six months before DS9 started. Yeah. But they, they, obviously the way... put, they obviously doing character building ready for DS9 yeah. at this point. Like the way that he plays it, like he says to Keiko... Oh, I, you know, I'm not bothered. The war's over. I, I don't have an issue with the Cardassians. But his actions in the rest of the episode, oh. like when he says to the guy, I'll do what Captain Picard tells me, but who I choose to socialise with is my yeah. own business. I want to it's clear about that. that he doesn't, he's not okay with the Cardassians, you know. Because I never thought about that bit which Elliot's saying, like that it was uh, it was built in ready for Deep Space Nine, which like obviously it is now you say it, but just yeah. never occurred to me. I just love the fact that they have two things I have to bring up. First of all, actually, let's go on to the point you were making, and then I'll go into the other one. First of all, I do love the fact that it's almost like, and when he's talking about uh, his hatred for the casting, it he goes into. Well, say someone like that, that's a classic, like, well, my friend's got this problem with erectile dysfunction. I know, you know, it's, it's kind of like that kind of thing. He's going to say, say someone was really anti Kardashian. That would make no sense now the war's over, wouldn't it? And it's like he's asking for advice without admitting it's him, <laughs> which is kind of just lovely note because mm-hmm. we've all at one stage or another done that. Oh, a friend of mine kind of thing. But to me, though, can we just talk about the food as well? Because oh. he is so right about hearty. Irish food, but do you see that fucking slop? No sex, self-respecting Irish mother. No, it, no, it would, no, no, no. Did you look at the Irish. dish? I'm not saying about potato casserole. I'm saying look at that fucking dish. That looked disgusting. No Irish mother I, would ever. I, I'm not being funny. Northern I, Southern. I was actually thinking about this, and there's some lovely Irish dishes. And he's trying to impress Keiko with how good yeah. Irish food is. And he's talked about his mum cooking all these meat dishes and everything. And he gives her potato casserole. Yeah. Why not give her something with lamb or... I mean, all fairness... A nice Irish stew or something. In all fairness, <laughs> following the famine, showing off with potatoes is an Irish custom, obviously. But uh, <laughs> And I'm allowed to say I'm, I'm half Irish. Um... Apparently that's an excuse. Anyway, um, but like I just, uh, I, I it was just seeing the slop which she puts out. It's like, no way. Like I, I've sampled food in Northern and Southern Ireland. It's all delicious. It's all looks yeah. great. Just straight away, you could just do a fry up with all like a full Irish, if you will, and it just knocks the socks off and anything also, we do in this country. While we're off, while we're at it, that shite that Keiko's serve, serving up at the beginning yeah. as well. I don't like look at that either. I was going to say, I can't go on any empirical evidence of my own, but I've never heard of the... Uh, it, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm going to show some ignorance here. Is she Japanese or Chinese? Um, Japanese. Japanese. I wanted to make sure I got the right. I thought it was, but I've never heard of an, in Japanese culture them serving sort of algae and stuff which gets fed No, to... because they're just bloody mechanical. I've not we, heard of this before. We know that Star Trek does not have a good food consultant because they they do not or, know what any food is. Well, let's face it, consultants about specific cultures within the planet because, you know... Indeed. No, shall no, we say about no, their, their, their Indian consultant? No. They proved time and time again... Anytime Riker cooks, even Riker has no idea what food is. Yeah. And he's making it up himself. Or Star Paramount has a food consultant who doesn't know what food 
food is. An omelette is not scrambled egg. It's a not. Pizza, a pizza does not take, what was it, eight <laughs> hours to cook in the oven? Something like that. Uh, just, pizza yeah. takes about 10 minutes at max, 10, yeah. 12 minutes. Look, as I believe, as I learned from Star Trek, as the native of can say, shalom. We just have to move on. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> um, so there is some good, like, back and forth with Gulmaset, who is just Guldacat. Like, the way he talks and everything, everything. and you can tell... You can, you can see straight away why they got him back to be back. Yeah, Guldacat. you <laughs> can tell he's up to something, just the way he's, oh, give me the prefix code. Go on, give me the prefix code. Yeah. And Cat's like, no, oh, I'm not going to give you the prefix code. Go on, give prefix code. Yeah. You know, it's also, yeah. he's got this really funny... Uh, like this little thing to his voice, it just it sounds a bit different here. Like, uh, Picard, no, no, um, uh, uh sorry, I want to say Ducat, um, yeah, Mark. yeah, it's because he's not playing Gold Cat, it's a totally different character, and um, <laughs> but I, I feel like well, it's it's like, more of a this so like weird, he is putting an intonation into the uh, the way he talks, in it does make you wonder if, like, he knew the audition was coming up for Gold Cat. And he wanted Maybe, to Maybe, yeah. And he got this part and he thought, here, I can audition for this Golden Cat Kardashian captain now as well. I can get two shots at it. <clears throat> I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if after watching him in this one, they just thought, right, we want that again. Let's create yeah. this role of Golden Cat. Um, because yeah, he, he nails it. He is just gold. It'd be, There's no point. It'd know. be interesting to ask. It'd be interesting to ask him if this was sort of like meant to be gold. The cat and they couldn't use the same name, so I, change I naming, so changing naming DS Nine because they couldn't for the same reasons as uh, Lacano. Now you highlight the um, short time between the two. Mm. It does yeah. make sense, yeah? Um, so let's talk about Captain Maxwell then, because this guy is in everything. Like, it, look at his filmography, this actor. Oh, yeah. I knew him I knew him from 24, where he's the president's aide in the last few seasons. That... That's where I most knew him from. But he was in the Shawshank Redemption. He's guest starred on every TV show sorts. under the sun. He is, um, he's so he, good at this. Yeah, he is. He's brilliant. He always, he always plays a bureaucrat of some discreet, which is ironic because he has a it's go at Captain Picard for being a bureaucrat. No, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that he just comes in. It's like he... Like, it... It is kind of weirdly Trump-esque, not in a direct way, but it's like it's the mm. whole thing of he is facing a massive, I mean, not trial in this case, but, you know, we could use a trial as a metaphor. I don't know how we'd get there from Donald Trump. Trump. But anyway, he uh, he is there. He's like, he, he's in the shit. He needs to explain himself. And straight away when he beams over, it's like he's Mr. Charisma. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, he's playing up for the cameras effectively. He's, yeah, he like, is. he's coming on um, uh, O'Brien, which... If you want to get cynical about it, I think he genuinely does care about O'Brien and he does like it's sincere in one hand, but I don't think it maybe has escaped his even his uh, fractured brain at this stage mm. that 
probably charming up to the one person who's on your side isn't a bad thing. You know, no, that's it. And he's aware of it. You know? He's like, hey, up me old mucker, oh, Brian. He's, he almost gives him one of them on Ed, like, there he is. Yeah. It's so nice that the way they, they have the ear on him, even before you see him, is like Brian starting to sing that song for the Rutledge, or does he sing it after him? He, he sings it, he's humming he it, and it went before he, he gives Keiko the shite food. Yeah, so I think it's before... Oh, no, no. So, actually, yeah, so he said that Keiko said... Actually, I think he meet him, sense. and then he does the song after he's met him, when he's serving the food, yeah? Yeah, he says, yeah, I don't I, think it's after he's met him, but he's like, I think it's all this stuff about Captain Maxwell. Go, made yeah, remember let's go back song. to the food a second. Uh, now that, oh, must we? No, yeah, because now he's humming his war song, and we know how much O'Brien loves rations. He's made Keiko, Starfleet potato casserole. There you go, that explains it. Yeah, I just like to throw in though, he loves them, but he hates them in other episodes. It depends on which episode you watch. Now, really wow. Yeah, but wow, I, think, get... I think this works here why it looks like slot because he's singing a war song to Keiko as he's as he's presenting this meal. He's made a Starfleet potato casserole rations. Yeah, and that would explain why it looks so shy. It's got replicator. It's like one of the. Impressing my wife, I was doing a a potato casserole in the soupiest dish to present it in, but I want it in 1840. Russian style. <laughs> it's like um, these adverts you get. Like I, I do have Huel as a, a meal replacement. If Huel want to sponsor us, yeah, we'd be happy with that. Um, but I, I get the shake one, which is nice. But every so often this advert comes up and it's like, oh, Huel hot and savoury. And it still comes in a powder. And you look at the advert and it's like, he goes, oh, you just put two scoops of this in and then fill it up from your kettle. And he's there and he's got perfect mac and cheese. And I'm like, I'm not being funny, but I'll fucking show my ass in co-op window if that actually comes out like that when you eat it. <laughs> and then rest of it on the advert is he goes, oh, I never have time. I never have time for a proper lunch. And ever ever since I've been using Huel, what do you mean ever since? You said you never have time for that, so you've not put a time. Anyway, so that just annoyed me grammatically. Um, but then he goes, uh, so it's uh, this works out at £1.25 per meal, which is much better than spending £500 a month on takeaways. The fuck? What sort of job have you got, mate, if you're spending £500 a month on takeaways? Like, don't come to me with you, oh, oh, I ain't got time for lunch. I'm spending £500 on takeaways. I'm sorry. I cannot relate to this man who spends £500. Like, you are not appealing to the common man with this advertising campaign, Hewell. I'm sorry. Uh, No. So that can get in the bin. But That's obviously whereas the salted caramel flavour shake, very nice. I imagine that's aimed at the American market and they've changed pounds for dollars without changing the script because a lot of the Americans will order takeaway for every meal. Every meal. Maybe, so but I mean... delivered at lunch and if, stuff. If you can but afford £500 a month... Fed takeaways while you're at work on your dinner. Don't come crying to me because you ain't got time. Get your maid to do it. 
asshole. Anyway, um, back to Star Trek. Now. I don't. I don't think Huel are going to sponsor us, are they? After why, that? Why do you think they'd be put off? I don't. I've no they idea. They might want us to write the next advert to make it. They might. I could write better than that one. Anyway, um, so yeah, Picard and Max O'Brien. While we're having a go at O'Brien, he is such a sycophant. I was going to say, now. we're having a go at O'Brien. Okay, what's your thing? I love O'Brien. He is a, he is a complete sycophant. In this episode, he goes to Picard. Well, I've had the honour of serving with the two best captains in the fleet. And then there's an episode of DS9 when Worf first comes onto it and he goes, oh, you look good in red. You couldn't ask for a better commander. Like, whoever he's serving under, you're the best captain ever, sir. Now, a bit brown nose and get ahead, I will forgive O'Brien for everything. Don't get ahead, though, does he? Still bloody you are, uh, To get behind. But I, I, the funniest thing was, he says that, and uh, Picard gives the smallest of small, like, acknowledging kind of half smiles and then just gets on with it. Like he completely ignores it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Picard's just like, oh, shut up, O'Brien. I heard you saying it to Geordie this morning. Oh, you're the best engineer in the field, Geordie. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they all laugh about him when he's not there. Anyway. The um, from, can, sorry, can we stick with that scene? Because the response sorry. from Picard, when O'Brien does let his kind of, um, you know, his... How do I put it? I won't say racist, outright racist views, but kind of like racist adjacent views on uh, Kardashians. It's mm-hmm. when Picard just so lightly says it's like, just seems really easier to to hate and it's really hard. You know, one day you wake up and you realize it's impossible to stop hating. And it's just such a lovely speech, but he doesn't overplay it. And he goes, anyway, like, you know, basically goes, anyway, have a great day. See you later. You know, he, he does it so lightly and so kind of friendly. Um, it's just, it's, it kind of made me think of everything we're missing in the debate about anything these days. Like, there's no yeah, news, there's true. no kindness, there's no empathy. Whereas Picard gets, this guy's been a war, this guy lost people. He was at a, ma- like, what they know is a Settlers 3 massacre. Yeah. So he's not going to, like, treat him like he's a dick for... No, and that's the thing. And Picard, I mean, in my opinion, Picard gives him too much of a, an easy ride to begin with. He's like... He says, like, I'll let you keep your command. I'll let you come in. I don't want to put you in the brig. And then it's like, what's he? He's on. He fucked off. He, yeah. oh, he's gone. He's gone. It's like, well, you, maybe you should have seen that coming. That's really Federation trust Federation. Yeah, it does. That's Picard being nice to a fault, unfortunately. And you've got, and that's Picard. At this point, can't imagine a Federation officer when he's told an order like this in that situation will still rebel. Because it's the reverse. Oh, my God. This is, there's so many layers why this is a perfect partner episode. Because in the other episode, it's the reverse. The other guy can't conceive that Mariner would be so loyal to the Federation. So this is another reason why this there was There you go. I totally yeah. thought of it. Exactly. Um, but it also kind of, it's the way it's all kind of, um, it's structured this episode. So you've got the the, ep- the scene before when O'Brien's in the turbolift. The guy instantly asks him out for a drink and he gets so shitty. 
and you know O'Brien, even though he's been a sort of background character, you've seen him kind of come to the fore a few times. That's, I think, why he was one who's picked to progress into Deep Space Nine. And Blas Colmini, obviously a fantastic actor, but... That's it. He it, has a presence, regardless of what he's doing. But yeah. you, know, you know previously he was just such an avuncular character. You know, you liked him. He was like your... It sort of reminded me, funnily enough, it actually does make me, the Brian character sometimes makes me think of my family over in Ireland because it's not like any of them had any background from the Troubles or anything, but like they were all people I just knew to be builders and this, that, and the other. And then I think about it, it's like, well, they live with the trouble. What must have happened to them? What must they have um, not necessarily been involved with, but had to deal with from that? Like what side mm -hmm. of them, not a malice side, but you know, what, what things they went through must I never... Have, have known about them will never know about them and it's that thing of like yeah brian is just such an avuncular nice guy but then you see there's this whole other site in where he's seen war where he's got these kind of scars from it where he can't even face a kardashian invite him out for a drink without getting shitty to him because he's got this other life you never knew about and i i just kind of um yeah really gel with that and then later on where he just gives that speech where it's like i don't hate you kardashian i hate what i became because of you and it just it yeah. just it gets me. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's sort of like, I, I wonder if for him, the troubles ever came into his mind when he thought about this. I, I don't know. Yeah, I would perhaps imagine so. And I think to Elliot's point earlier, this does show that they were planning DS9 at this stage because you don't give an incidental character this much backstory. Um, what, Scott's been one of your main characters in your new yeah. show. Yeah, well, main species in your new show. How far before this though was um, was um, Data's day, day? Because they showed their marriage, which probably the one which got him noticed to then. Uh, I'm not sure because this is season four, episode twelve. Yeah, this was uh, straight uh, after Data's day. Uh, oh, uh, so they uh, might have already been doing it. Okay. So it's not long after day, Data's day. It's literally the episode. And DS9 started between season five and season six, didn't it? Yeah, because I, I, like, I, I was thinking it's like maybe day to day. If it was a season before, it might have been one. Because this is the reason. Attention, obviously not. Obviously that's this not is the reason I often overlook this episode because I had the, the Data's Head VHS box set, which had Data's Day on it. So I never bought the TNG VHS with Data's Day on it, which had the Wounded after it. Right. So, so the Wounded, I've seen a lot less than many TNG episodes. Um, but I think it's a fantastic episode. And it, it despite the makeup being slightly different well, and the outfits it, being radically different, the, the core of who the Cardassians are, They've obviously, at, they've obviously been looking at wanting to do something with outfits, and it uh, these outfits almost look like they were a rush job. Or, yes, they do. Or yeah. that DS9 at this point would have been well into pre production, so they maybe already knew what the Kardashians wanted to look like, but they didn't want to premiere them in a new show, maybe, in, a, in another maybe. show. They wanted to save that, so they've gone. It's Cardassians. We want to introduce Cardassians in something. Do this and that. But they didn't want to let the the costumes that they designed for the Cardassians for DS9 be shown yet. 
Maybe I, not. I'm I mean, guess, I, I, they look so similar. My guess is that these were the the first kind of attempt, but then when they saw them on the screen, they saw how they could do them better, which quite frequently happens because you. Yeah. Like, it's like in pilot in the pilot, um, Odo's makeup's a lot different from the main series. Like yeah. they progress it, and so, I, I think it's more that case. They I'm saw gonna... on screen they're going, "Oh, that looks a bit rubbery and a bit crap. Let's how can we emboss that and make it look better." I'm going to give a deep cut to all the wrestling fans out here now, but this Cardassian outfit is the equivalent of Shawn Michaels' tights in the first Eliminator Chamber match. And trust me, trust me, the people who get that joke are like, that's a good joke. Speaking of which, check out the um, Magic of Wrestling podcast this Saturday, which I will be appearing on to um, debate certain things about wrestling. So check that out. Um, anyway, well, I'm going to put that down, actually. I'll, I'll make that can be one of my things. No, actually, there's no debate if about you them. Can make, right, okay. If you can make the opposite joke on the wrestling podcast, then come on. Okay, yeah. If Shawn Michaels' tights come up, I will make that exact. Oh no, 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 no! Not if they come up. You've got I to, have to steer the, the steer the conversation round to it. Okay, yeah. I've, I've thought what, of how to do it. Is it. There's a drink on this. Okay, I've thought of how to do it. That's fine. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we'll we'll sort of wrap up. What I like is the <laughs> like. The, I... Go on, Elliot. I think it's really important that all the way through, we don't see it proved that the Cardassians were smuggling weapons. But mm -hmm. it's heavily inferred that, yeah, Ben was right. What is oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think right? that's a great sting. Yeah. It's no, the Cardassians were up to something. He was absolutely right. But Picard's in that situation where he's like, the piece is more important. Oh, not even the piece. Then exposing think, them at the moment. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's even about the piece. I think it is about like, this isn't the way you, do, you can't just go rogue and kill a load of people. Yeah. Even, even if the Cardassians are playing us wrong we can't stoop to their level because we're the federation that seemed really important to it yeah. and i just thought that last scene of having when i brian beams on board and to ellie's point again now i'm thinking about it in these terms they set up the fact that um uh, brian's a uh, tech genius so like he works out that there's a, a third of it like a, a nanosecond every it's three a, yeah that's minutes. good every five minutes uh five minutes in. five Five minutes, fifteen seconds. There's a fifth of a second. There's a fifth of a second. No, it's, it, I think it's even less. It might be a fifth of a nanosecond. Yeah. Like it might. It, be it's so ridiculous. Yeah. As the as the phasing shifts. It's and it's good. Like, it's good fun. How surprised Maxwell looks to see him when he walks in. He was yeah. ready. He was like, "Ooh." No, no, <laughs> like, but the thing actually, this I thought was a really good sign that he had mentally cracked because when he when he hears the door chimes he goes come he like he's on the ship on his own so he's, he's had some sort of mental break the fact that he's not questioning the fact the door chime just went when he's on the ship on his own and if anyone shows up he's in the ship no he doesn't he's, think he's of that. not on it's the ship when he on his own is it, also no it's because at the end it's turned over to his first officer Scratch that, because I thought that, and then I uh, uh, like then I did realize that last night, and I've obviously just uh, forgotten. Anyway, 
let's ignore that point. When he comes on, and he, yeah, like you say, he's probably sick, but it's just that moment between them where it's just them, and it's like... Uh, and I like and how... It, he's really wanting O'Brien to see why he's right, and then mm. they... It's just that moment when they sit down, they sing the song together, and just there's a beat, and he goes, I'm not going to win this, am I, Chief? And it's just... It, yeah. That line yeah. breaks my heart in all the right places. It's just that's yeah. why I love this episode. It's like... Or Brian went over because he knows him so well yeah. and he knows what he's going to do. But he also knows Picard and he, and he just goes, look, Picard will stop you. Yeah. <laughs> Although... When... He's not, this is not a bluff. He will stop you. <laughs> it's when O'Brien comes back and, like, in front of uh, Proto Ducat, he goes, he's like, hey, just went on the record. We're still a good guy. And it's like Picard goes... Yeah, sure. And it's like, I know what Picard says after that, but still, he has just killed hundreds of Kardashians. I still mm-hmm. don't think you say in front of the guy from the uh, from the Kardashians, you don't go, hey, but he was a good guy. Yeah, good point. Anyway, I'll just deal with this joker and uh, I'll be right back with you. It's like, that still seems insensitive, even if they... Yeah, you're right. Well. It's, it's, it's not yeah. the most but, thing you'd but, ever do. But if we could tr- put this as being the same characters to Cap, which I think Really, it is. It fully deserved that sort of thing in front of him. But if what we know about song. the cat, <laughs> but but this is like getting um, Hitler when he was a painter. Like I'm sure he did some shady shit, but he hasn't become Hitler yet. Like <laughs> at this stage, Descartes as as basically his government, which he's I think largely aware of, has done this thing. Like he's he's played his part, but it's like still, I just still don't think you go. Yeah, that guy killed hundreds of your guys. Good guy. And Picard going, okay. That's Picard basically going, yeah, it's fine that he killed all those people. I think that's still not Yeah, good. it's like, not good. It's yeah. Picard would have to be like, look, I'm really sorry. He's good mates with him. Um, <laughs> sorry sorry about that. Uh, but now I'll bollock you. Like, we'll be watching you, Gulducat. Well, it does, it goes. On CBS next season, and, Deep Space and Nine. And, it, and Picard goes to him. <laughs> Uh, I believe if we had, if I had been over there to check on the ship, we'd be doing something very differently. Yeah, exactly. Now, and he had no answer to it. Yeah, because he knows that there would be. Again, it's a trifling point. I just think, yeah, just, just, just if, if you're going really true to the character of Picard, he's going it's like O'Brien. That's not appropriate. Like, or you know, I don't think you'd have that conversation in front of him. Even if the guy is on the side of wrong, then that just pulls Picard like it, it I mean certainly yeah, it's not, right. federation yeah. whereas Deep Space Nine you could have that ambiguity more next generation has to be by the book because that's how they've always sold those characters yeah you're right but no really good episode and one like that uh, I will make a point of revisiting more often because it is yeah. one that I've not seen too and many it, times oh, but... it's one of my and, favorite, yeah. and it's one that when you realise how close it was to stay staying. Just say that it was just saying it all up. Absolutely. But yeah, we've run very long, so we'll wrap up there. Next time, are we going back to the yeah, Dominion we War? Long. We've given you bonus. Bonus. Feature length. Omnibus. So we'll... Normally, you get 20 seconds after the episode ends bonus. This week, you've exactly. had 20 minutes before it ends. Exactly. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. Like, you don't want to rush an episode like The Wounded. Fair enough. Let's face uh, it, first UT, 20 minutes was fi- like 15 minutes. However yeah. long it was, was fine. You but, can't rush an episode like this. But also, we had a lot to say about Lower Decks. We did. Because it was such a good episode. So, 
Yeah, sometimes, no, but... sometimes, sometimes our episodes are a bit longer when they need to be. Yeah. No, 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 what I meant was last week, I think we did about 45 minutes on Lower Decks and then 15 minutes on First GT, which yeah. again seemed about commensurate to be honest with you. Whereas with something like The Wounded, you it, there's it, a lot of nuances. There is. And more yeah, than we even realized going into this episode yeah. between it and the uh, uh, Lower Decks. <laughs> So we'll be back next time, back to the Dominion War, where we'll catch up with actual Guldercat. God, is it um, actually back to the Dominion War? God, we'll be done with this by 2030 at this rate. We will. It's crazy. How uh, long have we in, got to uh, Next year, which is only about eight weeks. So. It's, it's fucking mid-November, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Um, I've got a bit of a pitch. I'm, I'm on doing special episode June, December. I've got an idea. Oh, okay. So we're we're at RetrekPod on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. We're RetrekPod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials, including Retrek Model Studios on YouTube, where I believe Elliot's on the cusp of starting a new project. Yeah. uh, Well, since we last did an episode of Retrek, I've put three videos out on Retrek Model Studios. So I revealed what's going to be the next build, which is uh, Baby from Supernatural. And I've uh, put two videos out of the Flying Sub, and that should finish possibly this weekend, early next week. Awesome. Uh, I've got Kingy's Toy Box on YouTube, where... We've finally caught up with the latest issues of Dungeons and Dragons Adventurer. And Dr. Squee, what have we got going on on the Dr. Squee show? Uh, well, the last one I've just done was with the director, uh, Chad Farron, uh, from the film uh, Pig Killer, which stars um, uh, Jake Busey. It is it, a really great film, genuinely. It's like an independent film. It's got, um, yeah, it's based on a true story where a guy actually cut up women and fed it to his pig. Uh, and it is Jake Busey. Used, <laughs> Jake Busey used Yeah, it's the pig leg. Uh, Jake Busey genuinely used it as best because um, I think he's a very powerful, like his dad, he's very powerful and greedy, but when he's right, he is actually, I think, got some really great acting chops and he gets to be really funny. And some some scenes in this film, you've got some people just being hilariously funny and he's, he's haunted by his childhood where he's on this pig farm and his parents are torturing him. And it's just so funny because he's like looking psychologically tortured and these other people are arguing over just the most mundane shit. Anyway, I'd recommend it. Uh, but I haven't got anything set up for this week yet. So um, just tune in. Tuesday, um, sw20radio.co.uk, 7 to 8, uh, Dr. Squee Show, or check us out on drsquee.com, where you can find my interview with Chad Farron about Pick Killer. And thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the Retrack. Thank you. Goodbye. Drag off LLAP!